More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Hank Haney Podcast, a production of iHeartRadio. Gonna tell it like it really is We know Haney doesn't give a sh Silencing critics, eliminate misses Two chips never accept on shoulders to get better Everybody knows the name, read about it We're golf teachers, hall of fame, never doubt it It's time for the truth, here's our dude You're listening to Haney You're listening to Haney you're listening to Haney. It's time for the truth. Here's our dude. You're listening to Haney. Yeah. Listening to Haney. Haney. All right. Welcome to the Hank Haney Podcast. Today I'm joined by my friend Ron Mentz. So you can follow him on Twitter at Mentz Golf. Ron's a uh, golf analyst and one of the ones that I always have paid attention to. I first. Uh, met him on Twitter because I was uh, following him all the time and uh, he's, he's always was doing some good analysis and good statistical work. Of course, everybody who listens to me knows I, lo- I love the statistics and uh, I valued his opinion and I thought, well, you know, who, who is this guy? What does he do? And then next thing I know, I, I uh, reached out to him and had him on my radio show when I had the radio show and Ron's just like a super, super golf fan. And, um, he's, uh, joining me today on the Hank Haney podcast. So Ron, uh, good to talk to you. It's been a while. Hank, uh, I'm glad I'm here. It has been a while and, uh, I've missed talking to you. And then as far as, uh, you finding me on Twitter, I remember you probably had to talk me into coming on your show because, I remember telling you, Hank, I'm just a fan. I'm mean, how are you going to introduce me on your show? But <laughs> but it worked out great. Yep. Well, I mean, I I have a, a way of finding some fans, and every everybody needs a fan. So I, I, I always was appreciative that 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 you were my my fan. You and I, uh, we had a little talk before we uh, we started recording here, and I want I, I don't want to make it repeat everything, but I I, I do want to talk a little bit about your story in the last couple of years and, and, and what you've been, been doing. Uh, you, you've had a, uh, a rough go with cancer, but you're, you're, you're beating it and I'm, I'm proud of you. And it's, it's a great story. I know will inspire some other, other people. Uh, so give me a little, you know, give, give us a little, little rundown here. Let me, let's uh, you don't have to go into all the details, but, uh, cause it, this, this, you, you had a, you had a tough, tough go and you're coming out the other side. Well, I, I don't know if you remember, but I was on your show, and I remember the date. It was November the 19th, 2014, and I was as nervous as I've ever been in my life. <laughs> and to talk to Hank Haney, I called my son, and I said, Hank Haney wants me to come on his show. He said, you're kidding. I said, no. 
And uh, he said, well, what have you got to lose, Daddy? And my son thinks a lot of me, and he's my best friend. And he said, you know more about golf than anybody I know, Dad. And I said, okay. So, Hank, I don't know if you, I never told you this, but I stayed up all night that night before I was going to be on your show, and I did research on everything because you didn't tell me what you were going to ask me. But I wanted to be ready, and I had already – I had already studied the majors coming up, even though the Masters was six months away. And I just, I had all these notes laid out. That morning I got up and realized I didn't have a really good signal on my iPhone. So I got in my car and I drove up <laughs> to a, a parking lot about a mile away to where I had a good signal. And I laid all these, like 10 pieces of paper on my dash of my car. Oh my gosh, this is a good story. Yeah, I mean, I'm waiting on you to ask me questions. And somehow we got off on Sam Snead because I live in Greensboro, North Carolina. And, of course, Sam won the, the what used to be the Greater Greensboro Open and now is the Wyndham Championship eight times. And I had stories about Sam. And uh, we talked 12 minutes, which was all I was supposed to be on, a 12-minute segment. You came on and said, can you stay for another segment? I said, sure. And then you came back on later and said, can you stay for another one? I think I stayed for the whole hour. Oh, wow. And uh, once I got on the radio with you, I forgot I was on the radio. You have a way of uh, making me feel comfortable. And I just felt like I was talking to a, 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 another man who loved God. And uh, I, I just, when we hung up, I had a ball. I mean, I never thought anything would come from it, but evidently a lot of people heard it. And the next thing I know, I'm getting calls from the Sporting News and also TMZ and all these places want me to write for them. And it was all because of you. And my Twitter followers went from 8,000 to almost 30,000 in, in like a month. So uh, I became a member of an official member and registered with the PGA Tour of the media. And it's all thanks to that day you had me on your radio show. There you go. There you go. Well, I, I was, uh, did I ever ask you a question that you had uh, the notes for on your dashboard or did, did I surprise you with stuff? Actually, Hank, um, I don't know why I had done it, but I had already studied the majors and and. I hope you don't mind me bragging a little bit, but um, you asked me who I predicted to win the Masters in 2015, and I thought, wow, you know, that's six months away, but I had I had already done my research, and I told you Jordan Spieth, and you laughed and said, I don't think he's long enough, and I said, yeah, he is, Hank. He's like 290. Yeah. But but I knew he had uh, been working with Ben Crenshaw, and Ben had taken him around the course several times and showed him all the idiosyncrasies of, of the Masters. And I know you know this, but most players will tell you that you need to play the Masters five times before you can be a contender. You have to learn the course. It's just like Tiger last year. I don't think he won it. Uh, I mean, he did win it on skill, but he he basically outsmarted everyone. Yeah, yeah, experience, experience. I, and you know, it's funny because people would always, you know, would talk about Tiger and his mental game when he, you know, when his game was off. And I'm like, you don't forget how to, you know, finish tournaments, win tournaments. You don't forget all of this knowledge that he has. Uh, he just needed to get his game and his body in better shape, but um, you 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 definitely made the call on on speed. Now, uh, speed just finished ninth at the uh, AT and T, which is a good finish for him. And I, I noticed one of your notes on on Twitter. He's gonna uh, he's gonna move up into what's he gonna move up to? I think to in the top fifty, maybe on the new rankings that'll come out tomorrow. I think he's 49th, Yes. Now, does that get that? And that gets him. There's a cutoff in there for. Something. Well, the U.S. Open. Uh, world, the top world, world golf. What about the the World Golf Champ? Was he already in the World Golf Championship? Or uh, I don't know. I didn't look that up, but I think so. I think uh, um, 
I assume today was the last day. Yeah, but anyway, there's some, there's, if top 50 is a big deal. Yeah, oh, it's a, it's a huge deal. And I, I want to talk to you about that if we have time about this uh, New World Golf Tour. And yeah, yeah, I want to get into that. I want to get into that too. But you also asked me about the U.S. Open. Yeah, okay. And what you, and who did you pick the winner there too? Oh, yeah. I mean, so you turned, <laughs> I knew when I answered you. You will think I was crazy, but you said, okay, what about the U.S. Open? And I said, Jordan Spieth. You said, come on, come on. I mean, what are you thinking? I said, <laughs> Hank, I know for a fact I've talked to Ron Reed, who I met through Twitter, and he was a 35-year veteran of the USGA, executive VP, well, not executive VP, but a VP. And I didn't know who Ron was, but he followed me, and I could tell he knew golf. And finally, we started talking, and he told me he had been working for years trying to find a golf course or a piece of land in the northwestern United States to host the U.S. Open because they had never had one there. Yeah, And he's the one that found the land, which was basically an abandoned sand pit for Chomp Chambers Bay. Oh, boy. So he's the one that gets credit for that thing. Mostly, yeah, but I'll send you something else. <laughs> I don't know if that's something he wants to take credit for. That was kind of a disaster, but uh, but, well, but anyway, it was. it was good for the area. It was a disaster. I mean, you had two caddies that broke their legs, and there was nowhere for the the uh, fans to stand. It was just greens were know, off, walls, huh? walls of dirt. But I knew something else that I think I told you because obviously you laughed at me and you didn't. He said, what do you mean? I said, well, the only person I have found that has ever played that course is Jordan Spieth. And he right. played it when it was when it hosted a U.S. junior amateur. I said, on top of that, there was a caddy there. He was a part-time caddy who also taught school in Seattle. His name is Michael Greller. And he caddied for Jordan that week when they won. And he knows that course like the back of his hand. So I can't, I can't imagine a better advantage that Jordan had than having Michael Greller on the bag and Jordan having played that course. And of course it came down to the last hole and Dustin Johnson three putted and Jordan won. But there I was, I had predicted Jordan to win the first two majors and he did. Hmm. And and that sort of got me well known, and and I did it on national radio on your show. Well, uh, okay, so uh, let, let's talk about Jordan Spieth since you led into that. Uh, what do you think he's going to make it back to some level of what we kind of were, got used to? I mean, not necessarily number one in the world, but I mean, he was the he was the number one player in the world, and and, and a long fall to fifty fifth. Uh, now back up into the top fifty, but. But a long fall for him. What, what do you what do you think? Uh, what's the future for Jordan Spieth? I think he's eventually going to make it. I looked at his uh, stats yesterday. In 2017, he had a a great year. He won three times, and but then the fall started in 2018 and 2019, and I didn't find but one statistic where he ranked in the top 100 last year. Uh, most of them were, in, you know, one fifty to two hundred, except some for putting, right? Yeah, putting. Yeah, and so I, you know, it, it, you know, I feel like I know golf, but I believe it's all uh, mental because you don't take a guy who won two majors back to back and you lose that skill. I remember there was one tournament that, you know, he was backing off from every shot and changing clubs, and Michael Greller, and they called it on audio on TV, Michael said, Jordan, just get up there and hit it. He said, just quit quit overthinking it. Hit it like he used to because you can do it. And I think that's his biggest problem. I don't know why he's, you know, calls the yips or whatever you want to call it, but he just doesn't have the confidence anymore. And, and, uh, but he's got, you know, he's still got the skill. You can't lose that that quick. I think it's just, uh, for whatever reason, he's, he's lost his confidence. Yeah. I mean, he, he, well, I mean, clearly he, 
you know, he hit the ball great. I mean, he, he was number two, I think, in, in strokes gained tee to green just a couple, a few years ago. And he was definitely number two in, in strokes gained approach shots to the green. Um, now, you know, this, this la- the AT&T tournament, uh, you know, today or, the you know, on, on Sunday, the last day, he, he, he gained 4.5 strokes uh, approach shot to the green on a golf course with little bitty greens. And that's a that's a huge step in the right direction for for him. He was he was you know the the best from uh, approach out to the green uh, for the day. And number one strokes gained tee to green. He gained six point three strokes on the field. So Jordan Spieth played a great round of golf in really really tough conditions. A golf course average like I think the average score was like seventy four. And he he comes in with uh, what did he shoot sixty seven the last round. At, at at Pebble Beach, but it was you know he's had some good scores, see, and he hasn't been able to back it up because most of his good scores, honestly, have been produced with just an exceptional putting round. And you go take you go out there and you take twenty one putts in a round, you're not going to back it up tomorrow. But when you 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 go around and you gain six point three shots on the field in the toughest conditions, I mean th- those conditions at Pebble Beach for round four were as hard as as uh, you know you're going to see on a golf. I mean that's that, those are U.S. Open kind of conditions. Uh, the golf course got firm and fast, and that that can be a, a, a big confidence builder for him. And I think that's the that's the round. It's not just the good scores. Like a lot of times, guys would point out the good scores that he was shooting, you know, occasionally, but, but it was how he was getting those scores. But the the way that he got this score. Uh, with his ball striking is something that uh, will will definitely give him confidence. If, like you said, that's the that's the, the main thing is that he, he he needs more confidence, which you know everybody does. You know, you know Nicholas said it best, Ron. I always quote Nicholas on this when he talks about confidence. He says, he says the way people talk about confidence, they act like you could go down to the store and buy some. He said it takes years to build up, and after one or two bad shots, it's gone. Uh, so. You know, it's it's it, it's an elusive thing, and it comes and goes, and you know, uh, they they all struggle with it. I mean, there's no one's immune to to that. That that that's for sure. That's a great great quote. Yeah, I, I hadn't heard that. Yeah, I love doing the podcast. You know, it, it, it's. Uh, I mean, it just feels like there's a lot more time to talk. You don't have all the the uh you know breaks and hard breaks and you can kind of talk as long as you want so this is this this format has been uh this has been uh fun for me it's it's it's, it's good to have you on okay so i remember you, being on serious with yeah. you and and uh i heard in my ear we've got a hard break in 10 yeah. seconds and i didn't know what that meant <laughs> <laughs> i meant somebody's yelling in my ear yeah i was still talking and we get off the air and you said look when they say hard break, you gotta quit you gotta stop talking. So um I mean I look back and now it's it's funny because I mean I've never been on the radio before, but because of you, Hank, and, and this is not a uh, estimate, but I have been on since uh well, what's this year, two thousand twenty? Uh probably started in two thousand fifteen. Radio shows started calling me from all over the world, uh, four different countries, Canada, USA, New Zealand, Australia, all because of you. And uh, with your show, I always did research because I remember one time, and I don't want to make this show longer than it should be, but... <laughs> well, there's no limit. We can, we can go as long as we want. Okay. Well, one time you, you know, I regard you so highly and i'm not trying to blow smoke but i i just you know i do these other radio shows and i wouldn't do any research because i knew the answers to every question but i knew hank might ask me something i didn't know but one week you did uh, i predicted adam scott to win a tournament and you asked me why and i think i said well i just think he's trending and he's playing well and we got off the air, and within two minutes, I had a text from you saying, don't ever predict someone to win if you don't have the stats to back it up. <laughs> and, and I felt, oh, man, I'm, you know, I felt terrible. So uh, most times I was on your show was every Wednesday. You remember yeah. uh, I was on Wednesday, and I would predict 
who I thought was going to win that week. And you would ask me why. So from then on, I've never, ever predicted anybody without doing my homework. And, and, and I, I applaud you for that. I mean, you made me so much better. But, uh, you know, I wanted to please you so much. And I just felt like a little kid, you know, running away and hiding in the corner because <laughs> uh, Hank had fussed at me. But, but you were right. All right, so so you you uh, you hit those first uh, predictions. So this is the first time you've been on the the podcast with me. So uh, I'm going to ask you if you've got any uh, hot opinions on on the upcoming uh, first major of the year, the, the Masters. But we're, we're going to take we are going to take a little break. I, I, we're going to check in with my sponsors, and we'll be right back on the Hank Any podcast with Ron Mintz. More than a movie is back with season two of the award winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go, like, how do I detach from my from this idea of, what do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get ready for Smart Money Happy Hour. Pull up a chair. It's the happy hour you wish your friends were having. Mix two money experts with some hot takes and a splash of nostalgia, and you get me, George Camel. And me, Rachel Cruz, talking unfiltered about what's going on in the world, pop culture, and how to afford a life you love. We're talking money, celebrity budgets, and my budget for my two French Bulldogs. It's a lot. <laughs> You'll hear it all on Smart Money Happy Hour. Listen on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Ron. So uh, th- this year's coming Masters, you got any strong thoughts on that? I don't want to put you on the spot, but uh, since you, you're good at this prediction stuff, people are you know wanting to know about getting their bets down in, in time for the, the Masters. You got anybody you're looking at? I mean, what is it? Uh, you know, I mean, I I, I kind of like Rory. Obviously, his, his game is, is incredible, and he just went to number one in the world, right? Yeah, he did. Today, even though he or Brooks never – Neither one of them played this week, and I've I've been bombarded on Twitter. How can that happen? Yeah, that's weird, to isn't it? To them. Yeah, I've tried to explain to them what what the world golf rankings work, but how do they work? Do you understand it? I understand it. It's it's not uh, great, but it's the only system we've got. How do you? How, let me ask you something on the on the on the world golf rankings. How do you when when you're on Twitter? Uh, at, at Ron at, at Minskoff on Twitter, okay, uh, and you're on there, and you're like you did after the AT and T said, uh, you know, Rory's going to number one, and Jordan Spieth moving from fifty uh, ninth or fifty fifth to forty nine. How, how do you is there is there a mathematical deal you're doing? How, how do you know that? It's all math. 
Oh, so so you you have the formula and you, yeah I've, okay explain 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 to people how how that that thing works you know briefly what you know, points come on points come off it's a two year scale to, 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 clarify it for me it's complicated but uh, yeah it is on a two year average and uh, it's based on strength of field so say um, the AT T had a an average strength of field they didn't have but four players in the top 20 in the world golf rankings. And that's another thing I, I wanted to mention tonight. I don't know if you noticed it, but the PGA Tour is distancing themselves from the world golf rankings. Uh, we used to get a, a pre-tournament notes each week of key statistics, and and they would tell us how many players in the top 50 were were in the field. They don't do that anymore. Ah, why do you think that is? Because they're pushing the FedEx Cup. That's yeah. all they care about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they mention that. I mean, that's everything to them. And they've totally, for the last three or four weeks, they have totally ignored the world golf ranking. Yeah, but I mean, who cares what the, the FedEx Cup? I mean, it's like when you're this early into the season, I mean, what? I want to know who the best player in the world is ranked, not who the FedEx Cup. I, I know why they're doing it, but it doesn't. I mean, you gotta. It's fine for them to do it, but what do they think? People aren't going to mention who the number one player in the world is. Well, I mean, Hank, I've always said follow the money, and FedEx don't. You know, they give a lot of money to the PGA Tour, and that's what they promote. And I was shocked. That that they quit acknowledging the world golf rankings, hmm. but they basically have. And I, you know, this is another subject. I don't know if we'll get into it tonight. Okay, so talk about talk about the 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 world golf ranking though. How they and what how do you, how you come up with 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 where people are? Well, ranked. I can't I can't tell you on 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 here the exact formula because it is. It takes a mathematician, and some weeks I get it right, some weeks I get it wrong. <laughs> but uh, there's a guy on Twitter, and I wish I could pronounce his his name, Nova something. And if you'll type in OWGR, uh, he's the best. I mean, he knows when the tournament's over where oh, wow. everybody's going to be right. Uh, I try to do the math. I usually get him within one or two spots. Okay. But but it's basically you're looking at a two-year average between 42 and 50 tournaments. And every week you you add you get points, you also lose points. You lose points from two years earlier. So two years ago if you had a great week and you won and say you got uh, 70 points, you're going to lose those. And then this week, if you had a so-so week and you earned 10 points, you're going to drop in the rankings. Hmm. Now, on the other side of that, uh, this week we had Roy who didn't play, Brooks who didn't play, but Roy passed him. So Roy, two weeks ago on on the average, uh, had more points than Brooks did, so he passed him. I mean, that's as simple as I can make Yeah, yeah. Well, what do you what do you think the what do you think the best way to to, to, to a lot of people think that formulas, you know, uh, seen its better day or is not the best was not the best to begin with. What do you think the best way to determine the, the number one player in the world is? The the one thing I would do, Hank, is is not go two years because two years. I mean, a golfer yeah could could go down the tubes. I think a, a one year average would be would be better. But a lot of people don't know. I mean, a lot of people ask me questions. How can you not play and move up in the rankings? Well, the PGA Tour, the PGA of America, the RNA, the USGA, the Asian Tour, all these tours went together and came up with this formula. And they're the ones that run it. It's not some Yahoo in a, in a, you know, a basement with a laptop. <laughs> figuring this up it's it's uh it's the governing bodies of golf and 
I have to admit, it's the best system we have right now. Could it be better? Yeah. But uh, uh, I'm sure a lot of work went into it. But some weeks I, I question it. Like Tony Finau finished, what, second last week? And he only moved up about two spots. So yeah, yeah. that just doesn't make sense to me. And then, But you'll have, now the further down you are in the world golf rankings, if you're like uh, uh, Nick Taylor this week, who was 299, you know, he's way down there and he moved up uh, in the 100s, which it, which it should be. I mean, he won a, a great tournament. And it, I don't know how they figure the strength of field, but uh, that has a lot to do with it. A lot of people criticize the World Golf Rankings because the PJ Tour gets more points than the European Tour. And then the Corn Ferry Tour actually gets points. The Asian Tour, but they're very few. Hmm. Hmm. The Champions Tour gets none. They're not even considered. Yeah, And that's something maybe we can talk about, if not today, another time on this this new world golf tour, uh, how are they going to get in the world golf rankings? Because that could really turn golf upside down as far as the rankings go. Yeah. What, what about the, the, the masters coming up? Who, who, who are you liking there? Rory said this week, he feels like he's the best golfer in the world. <laughs> I, agree. I agree. Okay. I know he wants that, that masters to complete the, uh, Career Grand Slam. The only other player that I wonder about, and I never, ever thought I would say this, was all he's been through was Tiger. You know, Tiger won last year based on experience. Now, he had a lot of help with the four players that all hit it in the water on number 12. Yep. Including, including Brooks, Brooks Kepka. But, I, 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 Hank, I'm so impressed by Tiger. I can't believe it. He is so calm, and and he he just he seems it's so at peace with himself. And uh, you know, I I just feel like Tiger, he's going to be a great contender. I've got it narrowed down between Tiger and Rory, and and right now it's it's a coin toss. Okay, all right. You know, Kepka, you know how I always talk about penalty shots, uh, two chips and three putts. Kepka last year had uh, five uh, three putts, four penalty shots, and lost by one shot. Well, Kepka worries me, Hank, because I've, I've done some research on the, the stem cell therapy that he's going through. It's the, the results are very mixed. He had that on his left knee, right? Yes, yeah. And then, and, and, and you know, I know what he's trying to do. He's he's trying to avoid going under the knife because it's you know it's not as traumatic. But I've done a lot of research, and it's it's very. I mean, I don't know what the percentages are, but it's not a guarantee. And when they said he slipped and fell at that tournament and injured his knee, I knew right then that it was more than that. And of course, he's played in a couple of events since he he hasn't played that well. Um, of course, you never know about him until he gets to the majors. I mean, he just he doesn't seem no, he doesn't seem too interested in anything else. No, obviously he's he's not, and he's not interested in the Olympics either. Him and and DJ. Which, <laughs> what, what do you think about that? What do you think about that? I don't like it. I mean, I just feel like as an American. I mean, you, if you talk to Justin Rose and, and Matt Kuchar, Matt Kuchar carries around his medal in a sock, just a regular old sock in his pocket. Justin Rose mentions it all the time. It's a big deal. Why, why, do, you think, why do you think those guys don't, uh, these, some guys don't care about it? I mean, you know, they, they have to play once a year uh, for free. I mean, it, it is their job playing, playing golf. And once a year, they either have to play in that President's Cup or they got to play in the Ryder Cup. Now, you know, they like the playing for their country and, you know, playing with the, the you know, fellas and, you know, hanging out with the guys. But, I mean, you look at other sports 
and it's it's not a it, it doesn't seem to be a big deal if if guys in the NBA don't show up for the Olympics or don't want to play. Um, and, but in, in in golf, they've got and that's every four years, by the way. Okay, uh, that they do the the basketball for the Olympics. But in golf, they've got every single year they either have to play in the Ryder Cup or the Presidents Cup. And I understand people say, "Well, you know, you should be an honor to, to represent your country." I mean, that Presidents Cup has nothing to do with representing your country. I mean, that's a, that's just a money maker thing for the PGA Tour and the players. It's get, a made for TV. Yeah, and the players get nothing. So don't, don't you know? I don't, when people say that, I'm like, what are you what are you talking about? But but the the Ryder Cup is is a you know a, a different deal, but anyway, uh, wh- what do you think it is? I mean, it, that the, about the Olympics, it just it doesn't have the history in golf, or uh, they don't want to spend a week and not and, and make nothing. Um, I mean, what it, it's that's it, got to have something to do with it, don't you think? Well, there's no money, but I will say I think the fact that if you don't win gold, silver, or bronze. Yeah. Uh, nobody will even remember you played. So you've got to finish in the top three. Uh, I, I have to think that has something to do. You think they made a mistake in that and, 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 and not having any kind of a team format? People love the team stuff. Well, I, I think they should play match play instead of stroke play. Um, that's, that's the only thing I would recommend. But you asked Justin Rose what it means to him. And no, he, he loves tell to tell you. people he's a gold medalist. No doubt. I about mean, it. yeah, I think he should. Yeah. Um, you know, I can't fault these guys. You know, that's another thing. We've got, I believe I read, we've got 47 weeks this year on the PGA Tour schedule, including the FedEx playoffs and the Ryder Cup and everything. And that's another issue I want to talk about it when we get a chance on this new Premier Golf League. Uh, how somebody's going to find 18 weeks to go over there and play and still keep their status on the PGA well, they're Tour. they're not. That's a, the answer to that question is they're not. So. And Jay Monahan said, if you go over there, you're not a member of the PGA Tour. Now, legally, I don't know if he can make that statement. I don't know what the contracts are. but no, I, I thought these guys were all independent contractors, too. I mean, I, the, well, whole, that's the, what whole, I the whole PGA Tour thing is a little squirrely, to be honest with you. I mean, they don't they don't pay taxes. They get independent contractors, but these guys have to have releases to go play somewhere. Uh, you know, they, 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 they're they pretty restrictive for being, you know, getting around. I know, you know, I, I have businesses. I, you know, it, it's, it's they have come after my businesses before for, you know, I got teachers that I, you know, and, and they're independent contractors and they're like, you got to prove this and you got to prove this and you got to prove that. And I, I just, I don't, I, I don't understand how they get away with that, to be honest with you. But, but anyway, that's a, that's a, that's a subject for a, an, another day. All right. We, we got to take, we got to take another break. We got to take one more break and uh, I'm going to talk about my voodoo pain relief cream. You've, uh, you've, you've used a voodoo pain relief cream. And yeah. I, I use a shaving cream too. Yeah. yeah oh, well, there you go. A lot of, a lot of people love that <laughs> shaving cream. Yeah. Uh, I'll send you some more. A lot of people just just uh, just love that. I mean, that's actually some people's favorite product. It's a fantastic. I don't. I don't well, when have... I had cancer, Hank, I had my pain was in my hip. Yeah, and uh, I wasn't allowed to take any Motrin or any kind of uh, painkiller. I mean, prescription non-prescription painkiller that would cause uh, bleeding, and I, I took your pain relief and rubbed it on my hip and i don't know if i'd have made it without well there you go you know you know that, that's interesting because i had uh somebody who uh is and does hospice in california and they've uh, they've used my products on uh hospice patients because they won't you know give them anything either and and uh they had had great results so anyway that's a and anyway a voodoo pain relief cream uh is a, is a fantastic product if you got aches and pains if you've got arthritis pain back pain uh hip pain like ron or shoulder pain or you got tennis elbow golfer's elbow anything like 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 that arthritis pain uh, give it a give it a try. It's a very unique product. It's a, a patented product. You, you look at all these these creams on the market, and you're not going to just look at them and you, you see how many of them are, are patented, if any of them. Uh, likelihood is the one you're using is not. Uh, it's got 11 anti-inflammatory ingredients, and you can go to voodoopainrelief.com and uh, 
check it out. We got a free uh, two-week trial on there. I want everybody to try it. If you haven't tried it, you can try it for free, two-week trial. Uh, and it's a, it's a two-week supply. Uh, you don't have to sign up for anything. You just you, you get a two-week supply and some, there's no automatic billing or anything like that. You just try it out. You'll like it. And I know you'll you'll end up um, wanting to use the product. And you can check out the testimonials on the website too, voodoopainrelief.com. All right, we'll be right back with Ron Mintz on the Hank and E podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast. And this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get ready for Smart Money Happy Hour. Pull up a chair. It's the happy hour you wish your friends were having. Mix two money experts with some hot takes and a splash of nostalgia, and you get me, George Campbell. And me, Rachel Cruz, talking unfiltered about what's going on in the world, pop culture, and how to afford a life you love. We're talking money, celebrity budgets, and my budget for my two French Bulldogs. It's a lot. <laughs> You'll hear it all on Smart Money Happy Hour. Listen on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. Ron, let's talk about let, let's talk about AT and T a little bit. The, the the tournament. I mean, I got a lot of stuff I want to get into with you, but let's but let's 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 talk about the AT and T tournament. The last round, the course played uh, incredibly hard. Um, so, you know, Spieth had a great round, sixty seven, but but a lot of guys struggle. But uh, Nick Taylor, he ends up he ends up winning, and. Uh, you know, kind of got it together. His lead was five at the turn, and then it was down to two, and then he ends up winning by by four, beats Kevin Stewart. Mickelson just really struggled on the back nine and didn't hit any greens. When they flashed his score in 18, said he shot 74. That was the most amazing 74. I mean, he 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 was – I know he wasn't pleased with some of the shots. He had a couple wedges where he hit like 40 yards over the green. Oh, my God. I I, I – I was cheering hard for Phil, but it's nice to see Nick Taylor win. It's his second win on the on the PGA Tour. Um, I, I, I love how they, uh, you know, talk about uh, you know on the, the telecast some of the things they say. I'm going to get into that, but just your your thoughts on the AT and T. Give me your, give me your thoughts. I, I really thought it would be a, a Cinderella story where Phil would would win. Um, Went for the sixth time, and uh, I thought he would go into the top 50 in the World Golf Ranking, get in the U.S. Open. I mean, the shots he hit, especially the bunker shots, were you know were were amazing. But uh, the last few holes, he just he fell apart, and uh, Nick was leaking oil at one time, but 
but he held it together. So uh, it's his second win. He won the Sanderson Farms uh, back in 2015. Uh, he was ranked 299th in the world. And uh, so, you know, I love to see that, but I, I certainly would love to see him feel uh, break some records in golf at 49 years of age. You know, it, it, one thing that amazes me about Phil Mickelson is, is it, people act like he's never going to play good again or something. I mean, you know, he struggled for the last, you know, how, how many months and no, no doubt about it, but he's, he's totally transformed his body. He's lost a lot of weight. He's gained an incredible amount of strength. He's a, a, a physical specimen for 49 years old. I mean, he really is. And uh, he, his clubhead speed has increased. He's hitting it farther than he's ever ever hit it. They flashed up a, a statistic on uh, s- Sunday's round and talked about how his, his distance has has increased. My friend Jeff Shackelford will love love this because he's he's all over the you know rolling the golf ball back. But they said in, uh, in 2000 and, and then in 2010, 2020, and Phil has gone from like, uh, I don't know, 260 to 280 to, to 288 or something like that. You know, this is at Pebble Beach, which you're not, you're not hitting it as far at Pebble Beach. Um, but, you know, Phil Mickelson, once again, you, you know, like you were talking about Tiger and, and all his experience. I mean, Phil Mickelson's won 44 tournaments. I mean, people act like he's never going to play good again. And I'm thinking to myself, I, I bet on Phil this week. Now, I had him 25 to 1. It, you know, I mean, it should have, would have, could have, but I, it was, it, that was a, cl- a close one. But I, I thought I, I loved Phil this week. I mean, he's defending champion and, you know, he plays good at Pebble Beach. And, you know, he's going to play good again. I mean, it's not like he's lost his, you know, fastball, so to speak. I mean, it's, he's, he's, he's hitting it farther than he's ever hit it. And, you know, he's, he still can, you know, he's putt well enough. I mean, for, for sure. So I, I thought, you know, I still think, I think Phil's going to have a good year. I mean, I, I, I've got a buddy of mine that plays a lot of golf with Phil Mickelson. And he, you know, he tells me all the time. He Phil shot sixty five today. Phil shot sixty six, sixty seven. I mean, he, it's all he ever shoots. I mean, it's like, and he loves to play golf. Phil Mickelson just loves to play golf. So I, I wasn't surprised at all by his by his uh, his his good play. But I mean, it just seems like on the PGA Tour, it, it's I don't know. I mean, like, well, you take you take Nick Taylor for example. Okay, he wins this tournament. He chipped in twice on the. You know, for the day, right? Uh, hold out on, on on the seventh hole, and then he. Where else did he? Have? He hold out on what fifteen, I guess. Um, <laughs> I look at I look at his statistics, and I mean, it, everybody on tour is good. Let's well, you know, but but you look at it, it, around the green. I mean, he's he, he you know he's well. You look at all his statistics; they're very average. But around the green, you know, he's ninety fourth. Uh, in 2020, uh, strokes gained around the green. Last year, he's 90th. The year before, he's 97th. I mean, it's just, you know, and, and but it just shows you that how good they are on the tour. And then he holds out twice in, in the final round. And, you know, that's that's all. Well, he hit the ball good. I mean, he hit a lot of greens on a tough day. Um, but, uh, you know, the two, obviously the two holdouts were the difference in the tournament. Well, I mean, Phil was obviously the, the crowd favorite. Um, he just came out of nowhere. And, uh, you know, that's that's the thing about the tour now. You really, it's it's so hard to pick, Hank, who's going to win each week because there's all these young guys. And, of course, Nick's not young. He's in his 30s. But uh, any given week, anybody can win. I mean, the parity now in golf is amazing. And uh, it's hard to pick winners. I mean, it really is. Yeah, yeah. There's no. I, 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 I agree. I mean, it's like now I see most of the guys that that gamble uh, on golf. You know, the the handicappers in Vegas, and I listen to the guys on 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 uh, Vizen, uh, Vegas Sports and Information, which is by the way is a phenomenal station. I love that station, and Brent, it's Brent Musburger's the uh, deal. And those guys know a lot. I mean, what they oh, know they so much. Man, they know so much about sports, and they know so much about handicap and the golf, and these guys study it like there's no tomorrow. Uh, but they they usually pick like three guys to win, and you you know usually maybe a favorite, and then somebody that's a long shot, and they've got all their logic that they they use use for it. 
And, and then you know they and they hit they hit a bunch of winners. I mean, rather than just just trying to pick one one person, um, but you know Mickelson. Yeah, you know, I've I've had a bunch of seconds in a in this year, but I haven't, I haven't got um, a, a first. But uh, I thought I thought Phil Phil might be the be the one. I, well, I want to ask you about l- listening to the. Uh, a telecast on 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 TV it cracks me up when you know because you know how much I am into statistics, and I listen and like like they just throw out stuff like all the 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 time like like they just throw like like on Sunday they throw out Nick Taylor he's a he's a great ball striker I mean they look like that's just like a given that they're going to say that about no matter who is winning on Sunday. Or who's playing well on Sunday? If they, you know, it's okay. We got to say something. I'm an announcer. I got to say something. So I'm just going to make a, a blanket statement with nothing to back it up whatsoever. And I'm and they and one of their favorite ones is he's a great ball striker. And, I, and so you know immediately, Ron, that sends me to the computer. Okay, and I go to pgatour.com and I go check it out. And I think, okay, let me see what let me see what this great ball striker looks like. Uh, and I'm not saying you know he's he's terrible i'm just i just i'm just interested because i heard him say on tv he's a great ball striker so i said all right uh strokes gain t to green uh 2020 uh, 88th uh approach shot to the green 133rd uh strokes gain t to green 2019 96th uh, 2018 109th uh 2017 67th 2016 99th 2015th 162nd i'm like what does that mean? He's a great ball striker compared to who? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, if he's a great ball striker, what's Rory McIlroy? What's yeah. what's Tiger Woods? If that's a guy, yeah. I mean, just he's having a good week is what he's doing, uh, you know. And and the chip ins aren't you know hurting either. I mean, that's the I don't oh know. yeah. It, cr- it cracks me up when I hear all this this stuff. I mean, it's just. Uh, I guess that's where you start off. Hey, gets have you some statistics to back it up? I mean, I, anybody can just make a blanket statement; doesn't mean anything. Yeah, Hank, I've never told this story before, but I'm going to tell it now. I uh, I post stats during the tournament on Twitter, and I look for something that no one else. I mean, I don't want to post something that's that's obvious. Yeah, but I, I look for something that's unique and no one's thought about and occasionally i will find that that nugget you know that no one's got and i'll post it on twitter and i have noticed within three to four minutes and i'm not just saying the golf channel but but nbc and others as well will repeat my tweet word for word (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I know that I know they follow me. I mean, I'm friends with a lot of them, and I like them. I don't. I don't mind. Uh, of course, they don't give me credit for it, but I wanted to prove of course not. this one time. So I posted a stat that was made up just to see what would happen. Yeah, I mean, I didn't. I love lie. it. Well, I guess I did lie. It was just a number that didn't make any sense. And within three minutes, the announcer on the there read it. And so I knew they were following me. Today I heard when I posted that uh, um, I don't, I forget what stat it was. I posted it on Twitter and Terry Gannon, who's a friend of mine, uh, read it. It was, oh, it was about the world golf rankings and that, that Rory would be number one. I posted that on Twitter about 30 minutes before the tournament ended. And Nick says, I hate that. He says, I don't, I don't like that. But I know Terry, Terry follows me. And, and I don't mind that. I mean, matter of fact, uh, I'm friends with Ian Baker Finch, a lot of the announcers, and I've offered to give them stats because they have a guy with them in the tower that's supposed to do that. But, I mean, I'm, I'm not bragging, but sometimes they don't really give them a good stat. Yeah, and so I posted that Rory was going to be number one. Uh, Thirty minutes before the tournament was over with, and Nick says he didn't like that. He didn't like the fact that you neither player was winning, but yet Rory is going to be number one. And uh, you can look at my timeline, and 
and two minutes later it was on on the air so <laughs> coincidence um you know I, I take that as a compliment but uh you know it is what it is i mean he he is number one he's gonna be number one and ne- neither one of them played this week yeah. just the way it is yeah yeah all right. Well, uh, we'll see what happens. What do you think about the Genesis? The, uh, the Tigers, he's, well, I mean, it's kind of, they kind of call it his tournament now. I don't know. It benefits his foundation. But at Riviera next week, an iconic golf course. They go from Pebble Beach to Riviera, which is a pretty nice little swing. Um, well, who, who are you looking for there? You, know, you, you got your eye on Tiger? You're high on Tiger, I guess. Um. You know, I haven't really had a chance to look at the field. I did look at the field and notice some people that were missing. But uh, who, who, who's who's missing from there? Well, there's just some players I'm really high on right now. Uh, there's a player that that I know his brother, and his name is Tom Hoagie. Okay, and he he's been very hot uh, in the fall. Yeah, I've seen his name too a lot. Yeah, and this year, and I thought he would do well this week. I, I, he made he made the cut. I, I don't know where he finished, but uh, he's not in the tournament. So I, I guess you know. And now it's an invitational, and I don't know if you know this, but but now it's like Jack and and Arnie's tournament. They get a three year exemption on tour. Okay. Yeah. And, and a smaller smaller field, which helps them get get done, so they don't have to you know worry about not finishing. I guess. Yeah. So I um, I hadn't really you know, by honest with you, Hank, I hadn't studied it to pick a favorite, but um, you know, obviously Tiger would certainly be in contention. I'm sure. When you pick favorites, you gotta you, you gotta really weigh in the whole horses for courses, don't you? Yeah, I look at everything, Hank. I look at the, their history on the course. I look at how they're playing recently. I mean, you you, yeah. you you can't look back a year from now and say, "Well, he, you know, he did good last year." You got to look at right now. Yeah, yeah. I also look at a, a player's personal life if I can find out any information. I mean, there was there were years ago, and I think you and I discussed this one time with Rory that. Every time he was in a relationship, before he got married, um, his golf game went terrible. Yeah, that's a good point. He seems like he's in a good place now. He is, but but he he was he played terrible when he was seeing some some lady, you know, steady or whatever you want to call it. When he broke up with uh, the tennis player. Uh, Wagenix, yeah, all of a sudden his game turned around, yeah, that's true. He he started playing great golf, that's true. Now, now the thing I didn't like about Rory is when he got married, he came out and said that he was going to set his schedule for the next year based on places that his wife had never visited. (laughs) He said that, he said that. And, and I thought, wow, I mean, I can't believe he's admitting that. He said, no, we're going to go to places that she wants to visit. So that's where I'm going to play. And then shortly after that, he said he didn't, he didn't even want to play in the FedEx Cup playoffs last year or year before last. Yeah. And I knew that wouldn't last because I knew Taylor made paying, you know, between them and Nike paying to him $200 million over 10 years. We're going to make a phone call. So, what do you mean you're not going to play in the FedEx Cup playoffs? We need, we want our logos out there. We want them to be seen. Yeah. And so he did play in the FedEx Cup playoffs. He didn't make it far. But uh, yeah, I mean, I look at how their health is. I look at the family situation. I look at everything because if, if things aren't good at home, Hank, they're not going to be good on the golf course. Yeah, that's a good point. Good point. And, and I, and let me preface this saying I don't gamble. I've never once gambled on golf, but I feel like I'm a better predictor because I don't have money on the line and I can do it from my mind instead of my heart. Yeah. Uh, one other thing I'm more proud of than picking Jordan back to back was two years ago. Uh, I publicly stated on Twitter two weeks before the open championship that Francisco Molinari is going to win. I had been following him. I don't know why. 
but I always felt like he was underrated. And I followed him. He won a couple of small tournaments on the European tour. He hired a new psychological coach. He hired a new swing coach. He completely changed his game around. And he said that uh, he's learned not to look back at the last shot, but look at the next shot. And I have a friend, and I won't name him, but, uh, and this is due to your show, Hank. Uh, after I was on your shows a few times, I had casinos calling me like crazy wanted me to uh, give them insight and one even wanted me to tell me the tell them the rules of the Ryder Cup because they didn't they didn't know they said okay if it ties who wins and I said well if it, if it's a tie the team that had the cup takes it home so that's how we started but then I've developed a, a pretty good friendship with with a guy who's a VP of one of the major bookmakers out there and we compare notes, and just so happens that week, he wrote me and he said, who do you like for the Open? I said, Francisco Molinari. <laughs> there he, you go. He was a 50-to-1 odds. Oh, man, you got a friend for life there. And he said, that's unbelievable. That's who I picked. And he went on to win it. So, uh, I mean, it's just, you know, I'm, I like to keep things simple. I'm I don't like complicated golf. I don't like all the complications of the USGA and this distance thing. I think they've, they make, I like golf simple. It's a simple game. It's a great game, but they confuse it. And yeah. when I pick players, I look at, okay, if things are at home are good, they're great. Yeah. If they're playing good, they're probably going to play great. And I've, I've predicted in the last, since I've been on your show, I've not, predicted less than two major winners since 2014 oh wow all right that's good that's good record there and i've never bet a dime i've never bet a dime on them. <laughs> all right well that's good that's good record all right well people are gonna people are gonna definitely follow you uh at minsk off on twitter so they can they can get your uh your, I your think predictions if I, did, I would bet with my my uh heart instead of my mind and i just try to keep it that way so. <laughs> i like it all right ron uh that's good stuff i enjoyed having you on we're i gotta i'm gonna have you back we're gonna talk about the uh i want to talk about this premier league i want to talk about the usga distance thing so I, I got a bunch more stuff to get in with you but i uh, appreciate you being on uh t today with me on the hank any podcast i appreciate it, hank it's, it's good to hear from you and I'm glad you're doing well, but I, I have uh, I have done a lot of research in both of those subjects, and uh, I have a lot to say. So you know, give me all the time you can. All right, we'll get <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll get into those uh, for sure because I those are those are two hot topics right there. Uh, appreciate everybody listening to the podcast. If you ever uh, have a, a, a question that you want answered, you can find me on Twitter at Hank Haney. Uh, you can send in questions to hankhaneygolf at outlook.com. You can call the Joe at 833-426-5763, extension 801, and Minnesota Tim will field those calls and uh, help you out. And remember to uh, click the follow button on your iHeart uh, podcast radio app yeah, or wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts or wherever, and our podcast will show up there every day. Thanks again to, to Ron Mintz. Follow him on Twitter at MintzGolf. Uh, we'll be back in tomorrow on the Hank Haney Podcast. Hope you have a great day. Thanks for tuning in to the Hank Haney Podcast. Listen, follow, rate, and share on iTunes, on the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can make your thoughts and questions heard by emailing the show at hankhaneygoff at outlook.com. And you can also tweet me directly by sending your tweets to at Hank Haney on Twitter. Caney Podcast is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts 
of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.